0: You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. So we thought we'd have something different this afternoon, and I'm actually going to interview some beautiful ladies. What do you think? Do you want to hear what they have to say? Yeah. Yeah. I've chosen some wild, strong, and free women. Um, Look out. They're going to fly before we even start. And so we're going to do some fun stuff with you this afternoon, all right? Yeah. So I'd like to firstly introduce Mrs. Maureen Moores. Can everyone give a warm welcome? <laughs> Maureen is actually um, a leader in this house, and, um, and she has been for a little while now. But before that, you have led six churches?
1: Yes, we've probably had six churches, yes. Yeah,
0: And how many years have you been doing this now, can I ask? Since
1: 1988. Okay. Officially. A few years. Yes. Um, The really cool thing about Maureen,
0: and the reason I've invited her today, is she has seen generations come through. And that's something really cool. You know, we never know what um, the effect of our lives is, really, until a long way down the track. And so I believe it's been really encouraging to watch some of the, the young
1: people that you've seen growing up into big kids. Oh, absolutely. Because young people aren't the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today right now. Yeah. And I remember standing up here years, years ago when Rob was speaking and before these went on the wall And I said, this has to be a generational church. And it's not just looking at the kids that are in there now. It's looking at their grandchildren. So it's not looking just, you know, what we're investing now isn't just investing into our young kids and our youth. It's investing into their children and their children. It has to be generations
0: Maureen also, at the at this current moment, is um, a chaplain in one of
1: our local schools. Absolutely, yeah. this is my eighteenth year. Wow. I was the first serving primary school chaplain in Austra- junior primary in Australia, yeah. in a public school. That's not that's not a. <laughs> and I just feel a call of God how I got into this when we moved here in 1999 in the church we were in, all the kids went to private schools, the private schools and I used to hear the school bell and every time I heard the school bell, the spirit just leapt inside of me and um, throughout my time um, and throughout ministry they used to call Rob and I the twofers because they got two for the price of one (laughs) but you know I hadn't you know, I just worked in the church for free. But that's okay. That's for the kingdom, isn't it? <laughs> but um, but I, this used to leap. And the job came up, was advertised. So I applied and got the job script. And I said to Rob, are you sure they don't want me to be the principal? You know? <laughs> but I am one of the nine remaining community-funded chaplains in South Australia. Yeah. And I believe it's not the job of the government, it's the job of the churches. And we have so, people say to me, well, how can you be a chaplain when you can't preach the word of God? Hey, they can't take my hands, they can't take my brain, and every child that I touch gets prayed for. Wow, so amazing. Next
0: to her is Mrs. Kylie Rufus. Yeah. <laughs> a face that you may have seen around locally. And uh, the daughter-in-law of Rob Rufus, who's um, a father of this house. We, we love the whole Rufus family. Um, but Kylie has been one of my closest friends for <clears throat> 20 years? Yeah, a long time. Um, or maybe 18 years. I think we worked out around the time I got married, we became closer And um, these guys have been faithfully working alongside mum and dad in Hong Kong. And actually, when I um, planned to have this conference, I really wanted to invite Kylie. Um, But I didn't take the the step of faith because I was like, I don't have the finances to do that. I'm like feeling stretched already. And I'm really regretting not just taking the step of faith because what I now now know is that God was having her move back here before the conference even started, which is really cool. I'm pretty excited that she's on my doorstep. (laughs) But, um, Kylie, you are a mum of how many?
2: Four?
3: Four? Four? Four. (laughs) Yes, uh, we have four um, amazing children. Three daughters and one boy. Uh, Renee, our oldest daughter is nineteen she is still in Hong Kong she, um, she is studying and she's actually studying musical theater um, which is going to start this week and so we have had the last three and a bit months without her so that has been um, that's been a difficult time but it's also been um, a good time because God has God has really been in it and yeah. we are just so blessed to see how she has not only matured and risen to the challenge of living uh, in Hong Kong on her own, but she's actually grown spiritually and, um, yeah, she's just depending on God in, in, a, in a whole nother level, um, which has really blessed us as well. And then we have Chloe, who's 15, and down the front here, and Kimberly, who is 10, and Asha, who is 7. Yeah. Wow, cool.
0: And you guys were with Robin Glenda, but you're actually currently in transition. That must be a bit of a wobbly feeling. Yes, it is, Jay.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: awesome.
3: <laughs> We decided that if there wasn't a question we could answer, we would just go on the floor and
0: laugh. (laughs) Uh, Always ask questions, open-ended questions. (laughs) Um, No, we're going to hear more from Kylie in a minute. Um, Sitting next to Kylie is Rachel Weatherly. Some of you may recognise her. Yeah, give her a round of applause. Come on. Rachel's joined us from the northern suburbs of Adelaide. It's quite a long drive. And, um, and we've invited her down today. She is a pastor of, would you share that with us?
4: Field of Dreams? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. want me to say more so about, about her? More. Tell us some more about right. you. Well, Todd and I started Field of Dreams mm-hmm. 10 years ago now. Yeah. Um, we wanted to pursue uh, the supernatural um, and we were just really searching, and, and we just stepped out of ministry um, for a season. Uh, my husband was a, um, a youth pastor and a music pastor, music director. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the time. So we stepped out of mini- Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Worship pastor. We stepped out of that for a season uh, to just seek the Lord about the supernatural and to be really spirit-led about where we went on going with ministry. Um, we were in a, a bit of a frustrated season where we just like, you know, we desired something. We didn't know what it was. We didn't understand the stirring in our spirit. So we, we stepped down for a while and we just had a small home group um, in our house. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, and, and it really just grew from there. We, we just started um, getting, on the, getting on the internet and searching out ministries who had sort of the flavour that we could just connect with and when our spirits would jump at something, we would, we would go after that. And um, my husband's a, a, a man of faith and what he really wanted to go after was faith. So we, we would go around the room and, and write a list of what it was we wanted God to accomplish in our lives and yeah. we would just go after that in prayer and we saw from the, I think there was a seven to ten people um, in, this, in, our, in our home, we saw every single prayer answered. Wow. And we're like, that's, that's what we've got to follow. That's. Now, these were small things, but like, to me it was like, oh, I'd been raised in a missionary home. Mm. I'd been raised by, by pastors. I love the Lord. My parents love the Lord, but... I saw the answer to prayer in front of my eyes and something inside of me goes, that's, that's what I want to go after, yeah. that's what yes. I want to see. And I want to see that manifest in, a, in, in such a large way where people go, oh, that's who I want to follow, yeah. that's the God that I that's want to right. follow. So that's sort of like where Field of Dreams started and we wanted to see the supernatural, amazing, overwhelming love and power and flow
0: of the Holy Spirit in our lives and we sort of, that's where we started. Yeah, so Rachel and Todd um, are, are people we love and adore and um, I don't know if you know Field of Dreams but it's, it's somewhere that a lot of people go to seek the supernatural, you know, they want to know more. Yeah, I see a few hands raised, there you go, there's a few that come up from here. <laughs> Give us more God. Um, these guys have planted an amazing church in Adelaide in 10 years, come on, that's a journey. Yeah. 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 yeah fun. So you also have some children. How many children have you got?
4: I have two children. I have a boy and a girl. Max, is 10. And Nicola is 7, almost 8. Yeah.
0: Um, and you also work outside of church. What do you do for a living?
4: So I'm a lawyer. Um, I have been well, practising in law for about 15 years. I've had my own law firm since 2012. Um, and so... That's where I love to see the manifestation of everything that we see in the church, yeah. everything that we're believing in the church, like the, the prophetic. Um, the, the Lord's really put on my heart to move in the prophetic in the last 18 months um, to two years and to see that manifest in the law firm, in calling in clients, in seeing strategies to see things happen, yeah. in seeing favour with judges and favour in situations and, yeah. and just like calling that out, actually having strategies pop up in front of me about that, Mm. I am passionate about seeing
0: the prophetic outwork in our everyday life. So good. How's that? So you're telling me that it is okay for someone who leads a church to also run a law firm. Well, I do. Come on. (laughs) You know, how cool is God? There's no restrictions. You can do everything. And the beautiful lady next to you, look at her the flowing blonde hair, voice like an angel, Catherine is our gorgeous friend. Hey, come on, put your hands together. Catherine, you lead a pretty cool church in Christchurch. Yeah, we do. You guys have, you've lasted through the shakings. There's been a few shakings. I was just in their um, city and um, there's a few walls come tumbling down. They're getting fixed slowly, slowly, but... But you guys have had a bit of a rough time. How long have you been in Christchurch? Well, I grew up
2: in Christchurch. But um, when I was 21, I went to the Netherlands and went to YWAM, Youth of a Mission, and stayed there for five years. And during that time, I met Gideon, who's my husband, and uh, we got married in 1988, then moved to New Zealand for a year. Wow. <laughs> we did have a we did have a short year in Singapore, um, but yeah, we've stayed in Christchurch since then. So, okay, yeah. And how long have you been leading your current church? Well, um, after thirty years in a Baptist church, um, we were feeling increasingly uh, something stirring in our hearts. I think we've got a real heart for equipping of the saints and uh, raising up sons and daughters. Um, it's probably what's on our hearts. Uh, dream releases, yeah.
5: Yeah.
2: I guess. Uh, and so eight years ago, we started with a bunch of uh, rabble, really. <laughs> and we met in our home, and we called ourselves the barbecue club. And uh, pretty cool. Great way to start a church. Because we weren't really sure. Um, is this, we had actually wanted to stay in our Baptist church and uh, do what we were doing there But it just uh, Increasingly there was a divergence And um, The things that we were hungry and passionate for And, and chasing Was not what, Where the church was going Great church, loved it um, So it was, it was Quite difficult for the parting the ways yeah. um, And so We planted Harmony In 2009 Started with seven couples and now you know, probably two, three hundred people Three, four hundred um, on the books And yeah, we're loving it Absolutely loving it It's changed our lives uh, Boy, lots of ups and downs We've had lots of um, interesting things along the, on the way uh, Your dear father-in-law's helped with that <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's, it's been quite a journey, and not one that I'd, I thought that we'd ever really find ourselves on, but here we are, and it's exciting, and uh, as with the Women's Conference, reluctant starter, enthusiastic finisher.
0: There you go. You can be a reluctant starter, but be an enthusiastic finisher. There you go. Very cool. And um, we saw your four gorgeous children before, you and do. they are gorgeous. They're really cool. Um. <laughs> Pastor Marlene. Hello. So Chad gets home from the Philippines a number of years ago. And he says, Babe, I met us, but they're Filipino. Oh,
5: my gosh. So I haven't told her this. Oh, my, it?
0: And he's like, You've got to come to Hong Kong with me and meet them. So, I did. And did we
5: laugh?
0: Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh. We, we laugh and we eat food together. Yeah. And we laugh and we eat food together. And we talk about Jesus, because yes. he's good. But um, Mylene. Yes, Jill. You were a firecracker last night.
5: Okay. Far out. Oh, my
0: goodness. It's a, good it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Word of God, bang, 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 and you just change our world. Wow. Um, Mylene and her husband started a church.
5: How many years ago did you start New Life of the Fort? Well, uh, we started pastoring um, 13 years ago. It didn't start at us New Life of the Fort at that time. We were with a, a different denomination, if you, if you could call it that, um, Word for All Nations. At that time, my husband was a worship leader, he was a worship pastor. My husband was a worship pastor, and I was at the book table selling books, you know. I was very happy to be in the background. Um, yes, <laughs> I know. But, um, but um, and then at that time, our pastor was going through a transition, and uh, he was going to move to the States, and he was looking for somebody to replace him in that church. And what happened was he was interviewing all these people. But during the course of that time, as my husband was praying, the Lord just dropped into his heart that you're going to be taking this church. And of course, he kind of freaked out and told me about it. And I freaked out too. And I'm going, oh my gosh, but honey, you don't like people, you know? Seriously, I mean, he would lead worship. He was a wonderful worship leader. But after he would lead worship, he'd just give the mic to the pastor. Here, you talk, you know? And he's there like going, but you know, God is saying I need to take this church. I'm mean, a oh, poor congregation. What are we going to do? So that was it, and I was like, well, uh, what are we going to do with it? He said, I'm not going to do anything, because if that's God, then he has to talk to our pastor, which he did, and after interviewing a lot of people, <laughs> our pastor comes up to us and says, you know, God just told me that you're the one to pastor this church, and so it begins our journey of pastoring. We were very reluctant pastors. We had no idea what we were doing at that time, and, uh, but see, the church, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how it happens, right? That's just how it happens. Happen. We had no idea. We didn't have any plans to become pastors, and at that time the church was at a point where, you know, uh, it was kind of at a place where it was plateauing. You know what I mean? And uh, so we had about um, about ninety to hundred people in that church, and uh, and I remember like when we got ordained and. You know, we were like, okay, God, how, well, how are we going to do this? But he just, no, he really just led us. In three years being independent, then we met our, our, our spiritual mentor, yeah. Pastor Paul Chase. Pastor Paul and Sister Shadi Chase in a beach in Barakai, which is really amazing. Yeah, uh, but, but what happened there was then we became new life new life the Ford, and we pastored that for 10 years and god in his grace and in his mercy took that church 10 years from being like 100 people to where it is right now to about over three thousand people yeah i know god is good with six services i know so i'm like how did that happen but it's all god you know it's all by the grace of god but we just recently transitioned a year and a half ago yeah, i'm gonna
0: ask you about that in the yeah minute.
5: so yeah. anyway so that that story is gonna go there so that's my story
0: <laughs> wow so you know how Chad would come back and um, lose his voice because he had preached at six services? It's
5: their fault. He's got a shirt to prove it. They put the
0: challenge on and Chad accepted because that's what he does. <laughs> uh, six services. So basically, when you go to um, the church, that actually they don't lead anymore. There's a story in that. But um, you, you go in, you preach, you walk out, worship starts up again, and then you walk in and preach again. And that's how it goes all day. All day. All day. All day. Amazing. Um, the pastors who now lead that still do that. And that's because buildings are a little harder to find in the Philippines.
5: Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. expensive, a little hard to
0: find. Yeah. So they're in a cinema. It's great. It's a great environment. How cool are these ladies?
5: <laughs>
0: but the really cool thing is, can you hear while they're talking, that they've all walked in fear? Mm. Like... Everything they do, they thought they were crazy in the moment. Hands up. Who also has been there before? Feel a bit crazy in the moment. Okay, there's not enough hands, so therefore God is going to do that soon. <laughs> get ready, people. Seatbelts on. Yeah, you're, you're about to get set off. Um, firecracker, by the firecracker. <laughs> Mylene, I'm going to stay with you for a minute. Just um, Just in the last year you've actually gone through a transition. So you're actually not a lead pastor anymore. No. How does that feel? Um.
5: <laughs> well, this is the thing. You, you, you pour out your heart and you, you invest your life for 13 years in a church that you you grow and you meet all these different people and you build relationships with them. And you see people coming in broken and, no, and God restores them in the house. And so you build this culture and this community. And it was it was really so hard to leave, although I knew in my heart that God wanted us to do that. And, um, but it's different now because as a lead pastor, as a senior pastor, you have this vision, right? And you know where you're going, and it's like, okay, we've got to do this. And all they have to do is, yes, yes, pastor, you know, boss lady. So... So that's what's happening. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself in a place where now you're supporting the vision of another man, a man that we love and we honor and we respect. But it was so different kind of reining that in, you know, to rein in what you see. And it's like, no, 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 you know, he sees something else. And to be able to support that. And I think that God was training us. He was training us to honor, to respect. He was training us. To work with the people around us, because I I don't think I told this, but when God told us to move uh, into the main church, the whole reason for that is in the future that we would take the main church. And we would be the lead pastors. But before that had to happen, we had to build relationship with people. They had to trust us. Because they knew us, but they didn't know us. You know, you get what I mean? And so we had to earn their trust. We had to earn their respect. And what's happening right now is we're building relationships with these people with this team. And so we're working together with them. And it's like the, our pastor, it gives us the vision. This is what I want to happen. And we're like, okay, let's go for it, pastor. And we're we're there with them. And I really believe that's so important in growing the culture of the church because, you know, in, in the future, and I'm really not thinking about that right now because I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, it's such a big thing. But But what's happening right now is that God is building a team around us. God is building these people around us who we can run with, and they know our hearts, and they know how we love our pastor. And, and, and so what's happening is that he's just building us and stretching our capacity mm-hmm. to receive and to give. And so I really believe it's such a good place to be in. It was a struggle before, but I see, I see, like, on hindsight, why God is doing this now. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Yeah. So, you know, even though we're all... Um, Leaders in the church at the moment, I had to have a look and see, are we? (laughs) Um, Or in transition, leaders of ministries. Um, There's different phases at different times. And, you know, I know I've walked through that. I was the kids' church leader here for a long time. Um, And I'm not currently in that role. I'm in a different role. (laughs) I can't explain it because I'm in this role right at this moment. Um, I have many roles. But... I say that to say, what do you feel is your key ministry area at the moment? Where are you flying, soaring um, in the highest realms? Where do you feel like your grace space is? Maureen. Well, I'm in, in a new season. In a new season, I guess,
1: at the moment. It's on. It's on. A new season at the, the moment. moment. <laughs> Thank you. And and um, my passion is, is to see for young people and women. Always has been. Yep. Always will be, I think. That's what God's put on my life. And, and that's changing uh, because I see a more urgent need um, for our world and for our young people. Um, As for the generations, I just need to say that when we build into a generation, which we have done over the time, both Rob and myself have always said the generation we build into will do it better than we have in the next generation. Mm, And I believe in ministry that's what happens. So the generations that we've built into are building into generations now that are building into generations because what we teach them, we're not whole old war horses. You know, what we teach them, God will build and grow. So that's really important in any ministry. Um, So my ministry within within school, I've suddenly become quite political, which I never thought I would be. Um, I... um, fed up of seeing families broken because of um, violence, ice, all of this, which I never thought I would become that yeah. person. Um, but I can only do that through God because I'm just little me with short legs that found it hard to get on the stool. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I think God is calling, especially women, and this is why this is so important, Jay, um, God is calling women to rise up, yeah. rise up. You know, you said it so beautifully this morning with, you know, the church needs the women. The women need to rise up because we bring something different. Yeah. And, you know, our, you know, we can look at government. We can look at agencies. They're not going to help this world. What's going to help this world is, is Jesus, right. yeah. is Jesus. And so for me, it's a different season at the moment. It's a different season. And being in this house, you know, we're just here to serve the house. You know, we don't need titles. We're just here to serve the house. And they do that very faithfully. Very faithfully.
0: Um, Kylie, when you were in um, the church in Hong Kong, you very much served some little people. What was your best moment doing that?
3: Serving in In the kids' church.
0: In the little people. I remember we were talking the other day and you were, you were saying about some of um, the things you got them to do prophetically. Could you share a little bit of that?
3: Um, well, I, I took on um, kids' ministry because the person who was leading our kids' ministry felt that they they were being called on. So it kind of got left. And so I was the interim... Leader that sort of led it for four years, <laughs> but um, and I was one of those those mums that was just super happy to drop their kids off at kids church and like not serve in it and like no nah, kids ministry is not for me. Um, but I actually God surprised me a lot um, by giving me a real heart for the kids and just um, being able to just see God in them and just have a lot of fun uh with having their revelations come out. So we were we were doing um words of knowledge and we were we were you know, Ryan was preaching to, to big church about words of knowledge and I thought, let's do it in the kids' church. Oh, awesome. So we did it yeah. um, in, yeah. the, in the back with the kids and then we brought them out and um, they, they got on the stage. They loved it. They were talking on the microphone, saying, you know, calling out uh, issues with feet and then they would go and pray for them. And um, it was wonderful until my son grabbed the microphone and he said, I see a head with the head cut off and a brain coming and I just was like I nearly died. I was like, Oh my goodness <laughs> And I I sort of just took the microphone and said, Oh, you know, what an imagination. But actually it was Someone identified with that word who had, uh, we we knew of some of the um, mental health issues that they were having and said that they really felt like God was speaking to them and that, you know, so we got Asher to pray for him and, you know, so kids hear from
0: God, which is very exciting. Out of the mouths of babes. They say things that we're not willing to, hey? Yeah, wow. So, um... Kylie and her husband, Ryan, are actually in the midst of launching a ministry tomorrow. Hey, how exciting is that? So um, I've actually put some of Ryan's books in the back store, if you, if you want to have a look at any of those. He writes some fantastic books, and, um, and he's going to be putting some ministry tools, or both of you are putting some ministry tools online to just bless people um, and in, to invest into their lives. So this is a really exciting adventure you guys are on hey would you like to share anything can I can you add anything to that or have I said it all yeah you've basically
3: said said everything that we've said up to this point because yes tomorrow is our launch day Um, it's Ryan's 40th birthday and so we are launching new nature ministries on the 17th of September and basically the the simple essence of of what we want to do is, we are uh, creating uh, materials to mature and help grow the body of Christ. Um, and Ryan's very excited about making videos, and he's got a lot of written uh, materials to help answer tough um, theological questions. Um, we're into, we're very much into the prophetic very much into um, seeing God transform lives, um, and we love his body, we love the local church when we're um, not into polarising uh, doctrines, we're, um, yeah, we're just wanting to bless the, bless
0: the body. Yeah, it's yep. awesome. And um, I really congratulate you, you're really stepping out on water here. Mm. Bit nervous? Yes. 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 <laughs> Wet water walking. We learnt about that in New Zealand. Yep. Um, you're very courageous and this is awesome. Yes. You guys have heard it here first. Yeah,
5: right. yeah. When you. <laughs> you hear others talk about it,
0: you can go, I knew about it first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Kylie, with that at the moment, you've got a little bit of a adventure um, privately going on. Are we allowed to ask about that? What, what are you doing in the private yes. times? Um, boss Lady J,
3: who has known? <laughs> Jay has known about my project since I um, got the project from God probably, I don't know, uh, eight years ago um, that I've been procrastinating about. Um, But basically it's a set of children's picture books. Um, There's four books based on the four faces of God and uh, each story one of my children will encounter a face of Christ um, so it's very neat, very, um, wow. very, very me in my OCD way. <laughs> but yes, I have been procrastinating this um, project for a long time. But
0: um, yes, I am, I'm on it. On it. Yes, I, I did get permission to ask. Yes, about you it. did. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I feel like I'm the horse biting your butt at the moment in that picture. Did you guys see that in the wild horses film clip? classic classic anyway let's do it to each other um <laughs> you need to have friends like that friends who bite each other's butts come did on come on do it do, do it do sure, like, you know, it but... preach it tonight my i know i know we're in church and jay's saying these things so irreverent oh my goodness rachel's dying she's like don't ask me a question oh no um, no, I've been really excited, Rachel, to watch what you've been up to lately. Um, I think the most exciting thing I've, I've seen, on, I don't watch, fa- I don't go through Facebook very often, but every now and then I see something and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Um, and I know you were up in Cairns only, what, a month ago? Yeah. Could you tell us what happened there? please?
4: So we were um, up in Cairns. Um, part of the vision of, of our house is missions. Um, And we've done a lot overseas We do a lot in Peru, um, the Philippines, Indonesia But God really put on our hearts, Australia And to to do missionary work in our nation Um, And we had the opportunity to do a crusade in Cairns Um, We had a group of churches up there that really supported us They got onto the council Um, We had the entire open air council area at the, the back of the mall so right at the end of the mall, they've got this open, um, air, open grassed area. They've got an undercover stage. And uh, we hired that out for two days um, until we had um, buses go out to the Indigenous communities and go out there and just um, bless the people out there. Some of them came back into the, into the Crusades. We had teams out on the streets For three, four days leading up to the Crusades. And then we just had a a hip hop band, some hip hop dancers. We called in some people um, from Melbourne, her amazing rappers. And we just put on a show, um, and uh, all to glorify the Lord. So um, uh, the rappers were just like, they were so amazing. They would sing songs that everybody would know. So it would just bring in the crowds from everywhere. And then they'd have everybody's hands in the air. And then they'd go, and Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you know that, put your hand in the air, in the middle of a secular song. And people would put them, what did I just put my hand out to? And they would do it constantly. And in the end, it's sort of like people would just, yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> and like over the two nights somewhere between 100 and 300 people it was really hard to gauge came uh, gave their lives to the lord yeah. in these open oh. air crusades yeah. and so like ah oh, jesus in our nation yeah. you know and so we we and we've been invited back by the council for the next 3 years by the council yeah so yeah wow yeah. Wow. So, amazing. Yeah. Wow. Amazing.
0: wow have you got any other stories like that that you can share with ah. us
4: No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I probably do. I can't. Look, yeah, a lot of them are overseas. Um, We love Peru. Um, The Peruvian people are just, like, they're amazing. And we've seen um, in the last three crusades that the guys have gone on um, over the last three years, somewhere between eight and eleven thousand salvations um and so and so as a church we we sow into that we pay for those crusades um and and the the harvest has been for us the harvest is those souls in our nation we're like we we've we've sown into other nations but now god's giving us our nation and that's like yeah that's that's Yeah, that, that really fills our heart with such joy and contentment that, you know, wow, we're seeing it happen here yeah.
0: in our nation. How cool is that? It's yeah. really cool. Can I just, just for a minute, just ask a really practical question? How do you do life with kids and work in church? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got, like, one tip for the women here? Like... <laughs> Hire a nanny?
4: Yeah. No, I have no <laughs> nanny. I have no cleaner. I need a cleaner. Um, <laughs> uh, but I my, didn't.
0: I didn't give you this question in advance. I'm so sorry. No,
4: no. Let me I, look. I I have over uh, many years struggled to, to balance all of those things. And if you look at my home. <laughs> you will see something's got to give, and yeah. it's you know usually the washing pile or the ironing yeah. pile, or you know it's Uber Eats instead of cooking. Yeah. You know <laughs> those are the things that give. Um, but the Lord's constantly just just poured into me. I have I, I have the desire to run. Um, and so I just, I just go. Um, and, and the Lord meets me along the way and it's not always easy and things do give um, at, at times. Um, but one of the most important things he's spoken to me recently is that it is all in him. His my all in all. It's all for him and by him and through him and with him. And it's not that job and then that job and then that job and then that job and and church and family and that. It's all him. So whether I'm at work as a lawyer or I'm giving prophetic words um, or I'm leading worship or, you know, I'm helping with the homework, you know, at 10 o'clock at night they still haven't done that volcano. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's all in him. It's all one thing. It's all me and him and my journey and my purpose to reach the end goal and, and what he has for me. So if I can see it and keep it all in me as one thing, I don't feel bits of me going here, there and everywhere.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. Good to hear. Are these helping? Just little, little tippets. Um, Catherine, I'm going to like throw you in a different direction just for a minute. And, um, you brought up in your preach, um, about health and wellbeing mm-hmm. and you know, this is a passion of mine too, cause I think there's yeah. mind, body, soul, it's all connected right. and right. you know, it all runs in together and Rachel says yes yeah. as well. <laughs> um, and Kylie, if you want to know about sleep, ask Kylie. She'll tell you all about how important sleep is. She's on my case, and she should be. Um, Catherine, what... You've been doing some study over the years and looking into things. What's the biggest piece of advice you can give us as mum, as women? Or give us a whole world of advice. The call is yours. Did I just open a can of worms? Yeah, I think
2: you did. (laughs) How long have you got? (laughs) Um, My... I feel that um, through the years I've developed three themes in my life, and one is around worship, a big passion of mine. Uh, Another one is around uh, growing in wisdom. And growing in wisdom leads me to the third one, which is uh, understanding wellness, and wellness as the whole person. And there's a lot of New Age talk out there about wellness and holistic health Um, I think for me it's about wholeness of health and so that's my mental, uh, emotional health, my physical health, my social health and uh, my physical health, although I could use you (laughs) as a personal trainer. Um, I, I think that balance that Rachel was talking about is actually really difficult to get for any woman. I think uh, as women, that we we can do anything, but we shouldn't try and attempt to do everything. Say it again. <laughs> I think we can do anything, but we shouldn't try to attempt to do everything. Yeah. And I think yeah. that in the past I've tried to attempt to do everything. Okay. Um, and you know, when you're planting a church, um, necessity is the mother of invention, and so yeah. you find yourselves <laughs> doing all sorts of things that you perhaps wouldn't do. Um, and the normal, I even found myself playing bass recently Which was like a new experience um, But I also believe that it's uh, anything that's worth doing
0: Is worth doing badly until I progress Hang on a minute, did you just say Anything that's worth doing is worth doing badly yeah. Until I progress That's right That's actually really cool That's a good point
2: Well, I think sometimes in our instant society now that we sort of think that we should be able to do everything perfectly the first time we do it. And actually we need to grow and sometimes it's just starting with baby steps and developing over time. And and, um, and my wellness journey started um, after nearly dying in India. in 1987, and then for many, many years I was really unwell. Yeah. Um, and so I started to research, and it became a favourite topic for me because I just found that uh, some of the answers that the medical profession were giving were, were just ambulance at the bottom of the cliff and they weren't really aiding in my wellness. Um, and so I think that in terms of our collective wellness... I think we should not underestimate the, the simplicity of enough sleep, drinking water, uh, increasing the amount of whole food, plant-based diets. I was telling Jay I'm a part-time vegan. I could never be a full-time because I like my meat too much. Um, you know, exercise, I guess I've always been a proponent when I've had a headache that I don't take a Panadol, I take two glasses of water and go for a walk in the fresh air. Um, the amount of sunshine that we get, the amount of rest, um, it, it's important to be detoxifying our life both with chemicals and uh, toxic relationships. Wow. Wow. Um, those things are just really important because they're the things that keep us awake at night. Yeah. Um, and just uh, making sure that we've got uh, a community around us that is speaking good things into our life um, and supporting us right. and who we in turn can support because we need to also be contributing to the communities that we're part of. Um, otherwise we can sort of feel it's, it's very easy um, to become isolated and then sort of to come into a victim mindset. Rather than somebody who's an overcomer. Um, So, wellness uh, in terms of mental and emotional health, just keeping, making sure that you're uh, making, uh, you know, you're not holding grudges, you know, uh, practicing and walking in forgiveness. And uh, practicing kindness over being right. Some of the things I said this this morning, because they're some of the things that you know have been part of my life, and I'm and I'm working on, yeah. and continuing to learn how to walk in, and yeah. But all those things, it's 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 the whole picture. It's not just one or the other. You know, I can spend all my life reading my Bible and neglect my body, and then I'm going to fall over. Uh, my body is my passport to this life on earth If I neglect my body Then I'm not going to be able to be full strength in ministry Because I'm going to be tired and grouchy And likely to end up being depressed Because you know all the body functions aren't working properly um, So that emotional health is really, really important um, Yeah, it's
0: good It's really good
2: You heard it here again.
0: (laughs) Drink water. Eat good food. Exercise. Sleep. sleep, Fresh air. Sunshine. Good relationships. Detoxify. Come on. Come on. There's so much that um, we just need to get into good habits. Mm -hmm. If I can
2: just say, um, in those areas, it's more important that you have a big yes. You know, it's what you're celebrating. It's what you're going towards, not what you're denying. Because mm, yeah. actually, when you try and um, deny yourself things, they become an issue. But if you, you're saying a bigger yes, like a bigger yes, man, yeah, this, this, these whole foods and plant-based diet is much better for me. I don't even want this now. You know, so let your yes be big
0: yeah. in those areas. Mylene, I'm going to throw you in a different track again just because this is fun.
5: Oh, gosh. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Um,
0: In your walking out your life, you've had to make a lot of decisions. And I'm going to assume that fear sometimes gets in the
5: way. Definitely. (laughs) How do you overcome fear? Wow. Well... There's a lot of things I said in the conference in New Zealand about fear and all that. But I think one of the basic ways that God has helped me overcome fear is to remind me that he has gone before me. That he has gone before me and prepared the way for me. Ephesians 2.10 is such a powerful verse because it does say that God has prepared good works for you to walk in, planned beforehand, predestined you to walk in which means that if he asks you to go somewhere and it's unknown and it's unpredictable and you have no idea where you're going, that, well, you don't have to be afraid because he has gone before you and prepared things for you. And um, I'd like to tell this story, though it might help. um, I think I said it in New Zealand about fear, that uh, I had a friend who um, was dealing with a lot of fear coming into the Philippines because something had happened. And as her plane was going down from the U.S. to the Philippines, all of a sudden, this physical fear, she felt physically fear, like encircling her throat. She couldn't breathe and all that. And she knew it was from the enemy. You all know fear is from the enemy. Fear is not ever from God. And she said, she cried out to God. And she said, God, this is not you, so help me. And you know, the words that God spoke to her, it resonated within me because God told her, Contend with me. And she says, Excuse me? Contend with me. Reason out with me, which meant write down your fears. Tell me all about it. And so one by one, she said, Well, okay, God, this is what I'm afraid of. And started going down the list of what if this happens and what if this happens. And God said, God kept saying to her, So what? So what? I'm holding your hand. So what? I'm going to be there with you. What if I break down and cry and I can't handle it anymore? Go ahead, break down, cry. You're still my daughter. You're still the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm still holding your hand. So what? So what? And so for me, all these times of transition that I have walked in, and you have a flip chart of going, what if, what if, what if, what if that happens? And guess what? Like, what, three-fourths of it doesn't actually happen. And if something does, God always reminds me, I got you covered. I got you covered. I've gone before you. And that has been such a stabilizing force for me. And the fact that he loves me. And that perfect love casts out all fear. He does. And so I would say that fear never really leaves in a sense. I mean, we always have an opportunity to fear. But every time fear comes, the word comes. The word comes. Mm -hmm. You know, when the disciples in the boat were afraid, Immediately, Jesus said, do not be afraid. I am. I am. So when you feel afraid, remember, he is. He is who you need him to be at that moment, at that season in your life, and he will never fail you because God is good. Amen? Amen. I'm going to finish on this one, but I think um, there is
0: so much we could say. There are so many questions I could ask these guys. Um, And look, if you've got a question, then... um, good luck catching them, but, (laughs) but, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. How dare I laugh? (laughs) (laughs) If there is one thing that um, each of you could say that a word of encouragement or advice or something I've completely lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry, this is what happens. (laughs) You're seeing my
5: weakness. (laughs) And we still love you.
0: I'm going to leave that. I'm not going to ask one more question. We're actually going to go into a time of worship again. Um, And I've asked these ladies to prophesy over us. Um, I don't know where that's going to go, whether it'll be individual, whether it'll be corporate, whether it'll be Bayside, whether it'll be Adelaide, whether it will be South Australia, whether it will be Australia, whether it will be nations, I don't know, but God's a big God um, and he knows, so let's stretch ourselves, let's stand up, um, get in a position where you're ready to receive, you're welcome, like there is space around the room and um, we're just going to enjoy God for a bit, all right, you willing to do that? Yes. Awesome.
5: This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.